The New York State Office of Addiction Services and Supports, or OASS, provides this podcast as a public service. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the agency or state. This is Addiction, the Next Step. Welcome to Addiction, the Next Step. I'm your host, Jerry Gretzinger, and today we're going to be tackling a very sensitive but an important topic, and it comes to us in the wake of the passing of actor Matthew Perry. Now, you know, the report has just come out uh, a short time ago, and it was revealed that uh, he had ketamine in his system. It was a factor in his death. So we're not going to be talking so much about speculation regarding his passing, but certainly about uh, ketamine and the use of substances and how these kind of came together to result in his passing. And joining us to talk more about this is Oasis Commissioner, Dr. Chinazo Cunningham. Thanks for sitting down with us. Great to be here. So I'm going to start with this because, you know, I think a lot of people hear the word ketamine and they, they understand it's a substance, but a lot of people may not know what it is, what it's used for. So let's start there. Yeah, so ketamine has been around in the United States um, really since the 1970s. And it's primarily used in the field of anesthesia. So if people have had surgery and, you know, have undergone anesthesia, there's a good chance that they may have received ketamine as part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it helps um, really it's a sedative and an anesthetic. um, and, And that is its primarily use. More recently, however... There is a derivative of ketamine um, that has been recently approved by the FDA for the treatment of depression that is resistant to other forms of uh, treatment. Mm -hmm. So a sort of um, treatment-resistant depression. And that's something that you said was recently approved for use? Yes. Okay. So... um, when we talk about that aspect of it, I think that's, I'd read some of that in the reports about Perry's death and that that might have been what it was being used for. But uh, as far as widely used, is there a concern about wide misuse of ketamine? Yeah, so because most of ketamine is used uh, in anesthesia, it's really typically done in a hospital, in a surgical setting. It's administered by an anesthesiologist, so somebody who's highly trained and knows how to use that substance or medication. Um, and often people are on multiple monitors. So blood pressure is being monitored, heart rate's being monitored, oxygen is nearby. Um, so that's typically how ketamine is being used. So it's just more recently that it's used outside of that setting um, for treatment resistant depression. And I think, you know, we don't have that much um, experience with it in, in this country. I mean, depression's common. Um, you know, many uh, Americans have depression, and we have. Uh, good treatment for depression that have been around also for like decades. And so part of that are, you know, medications. And then part of that is counseling. So, so the, the derivative of ketamine for depression is really for use in pretty rare scenarios where people have tried all of the kind of standard medications and standard counseling. And if that hasn't worked, then that um, derivative of ketamine can be an option. Yeah, and we talk about uh, other substances too, and uh, the addictive nature of them. Uh, as far as uh, the addictive nature of, of ketamine, is that something that if somebody's you know been prescribed that that they need to worry about? Is it as addictive as some of the other substances we've discussed? Yeah, so it it does have an addictive nature, and um, so you know it's hard to know if somebody's going to become addicted to it. But certainly, people who have other addictions. Mm-hmm you know, are at higher risk of developing addictions to other substances. So whether, you know, somebody who has an alcohol use disorder, 
may, you know, is also at risk for developing a use disorder for cannabis or opioids or, you know, um, stimulants. So we do know um, that there is increased risk if you have an underlying substance use disorder or if that uh, exists in your family history. And, and, and certainly we know in the case of Matthew Perry, there were other substances in his past, which he openly had talked about. Um, another thing that we've noticed in the reports that there was the mention of buprenorphine in this system. I know he'd been uh, using buprenorphine. That's been reported. Uh, questions people might have listening. We talk about buprenorphine a great deal, uh, you know, with, with opioid addiction and being able to, you know, have medication for that. Talk about the, the presence of both of those substances in, in his system. And, and let's try to answer some of the questions people might have about that. Yeah, so I would start out by saying, um, you know, buprenorphine has been around in this country uh, for about 20 years. It's a very safe and effective medication, uh, and it treats opioid use disorder effectively. Uh, in fact, it reduces the risk of overdose death by about 50%. So that's really effective, and I have to say there are not that many things that we do in healthcare that really reduce the risk of death by 50%. So just starting off there, knowing that it's a safe medication, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an opioid, but it has um, specific properties that make it safe than other opioids, such that you know, people can take 10 times or 100 times the amount of buprenorphine that's prescribed to them, and they won't actually overdose. They won't stop breathing. And that's a very unique property of buprenorphine. It's a partial opioid agonist, so it doesn't cause um, people to stop breathing. However, what we do know is when people have any problems with buprenorphine, it's in the setting of having other substances involved, like sedatives, like ketamine. And so that, if we see any overdose uh, with buprenorphine in the system, it's really when there are other substances like sedatives, alcohol, benzodiazepines, ketamine on board. And it's that combination that really makes it dangerous. And, th and this is something that we're seeing more and more in terms of just an overdose deaths period in, this, in New York and across the country is there are often many substances involved, not just one. So we, we know there's fentanyl out there and we know there's xylazine out there. We're seeing more and more stimulants also associated um, with, you know, overdose deaths along with opioids and then sedatives as well. So it's really, you know, several different substances uh, at once that definitely increase risk of overdose. And, you know, something else I want to ask you about, too, uh, certainly in this case as well. And I think in many cases, you know, there is that connection between mental health and, and substance use. Yes, absolutely. And this is something that, you know, we're talking about more and more. I mean, I think, you know, clearly with the COVID pandemic, uh, we're starting to talk about mental health a lot more. And that's a good thing to, you know, have less stigmatizing conversations. And, um, and we know that, you know, up to two thirds or three quarters of people with addiction also have mental health conditions. So, you know, both of them are treatable, Right. Um, for both of those conditions, there's no cure, but it really requires lifelong management. There's medications, there's counseling for both, you know, substance use and mental health conditions. And, you know, it's something that we're working on in OASAS to really work with our partner um, agency, the Office of Mental Health, to really do better in being able to address both the substance use problems and the mental health problems. And certainly anybody who's out there listening and wants information on how to access those services and the supports that are available, 
They can find us online, oasis.ny.gov. You can call the Hope Line. That number's on there as well, 877-8-HOPE-NY. Dr. Cunningham, thanks so much for sitting down and talking with us about this. I'm sure people uh, will find this very informative. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening to us on this episode of Addiction, The Next Step. I'm Jerry Gretzinger. We'll see you next time.